for the three magi, the greatest adventure of their lives began with a star. They were probably Babylonians, members of the Persian priestly class. And at that time, such Persians were known famous for their stargazing. They watched the stars for signs from God. But what did they see? We might think it was a miraculous light, and it certainly could be. But at least notice at first that this star they see doesn't lead them directly to the Messiah. Actually, it leads them merely to Herod to inquire then, where is the Messiah to be born? So the light does not guide them directly, and so many biblical scholars now think that it was a true celestial phenomenon, at least the first star they're following. And the neat thing about stars is that their movements are so regular that you can actually kind of trace it back, trace the movements of the stars back in time to simulate what the sky would have looked like around the time of our Lord's birth. And when astronomers do that, they observe that around the time Christ was born, there were a few strange phenomena in the, in the sky. There was a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in the constellation of Pisces with a, a heliacal rising. Any astronomers can correct my pronunciation. <laughs> Meaning that the planets rose above the horizon just before dawn. And in the astronomy of the Persians, Jupiter represented divine kingship. In Saturn, represented the Jewish people because their holiest day fell on the day of Saturn, the Sabbath, Saturday. And a heliacal rising, the rising of the planets right before dawn, uh, signified a birth. So for the Persians, this was a great sign. A divine king was about to be born from the Jewish people. Now, there are other celestial candidates the astronomers tell us about, another heliacal rising of Jupiter around the same time, a tri triple conjunction of Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. We don't know exactly what, was, what they saw. We may never know for sure. But in any case, the Star of Epiphany teaches us a very important lesson. The entire cosmos, even the planets and the stars, exist to point us to this child. The stars themselves are his messengers. And from the moment the stars were created, they were destined to call the Magi from the east to find the Christ, the Son of God. And this should change the way you look at everything. Every star in the sky serves him. Look up in the night sky and you can hear their message. As if to say, our creator is not far away up here in the heavens. You don't need to look up here for him. He has come to you down below. Seek him. Adore him. This is the message we were made to give you, the stars. We were made for this. Go and find your king. And if we heed the message of the stars, when we look back down to earth and we turn to the magi, we see they don't come empty-handed. They hear the message of the stars and they come bearing gifts. And you know, it's always hard to find a good gift. I'm sure we've all recently experienced this. You want it to mean something, to be significant. And how much harder is it when you're looking for a gift for the king of kings, you know, the creator of the stars? 
What do they bring? First, gold. Now, Jesus doesn't need gold. He's God. You know, if he wanted to have King Midas's touch, he could have it. He could turn stones into gold if he wanted. But even though he doesn't need our gold, we need to give it. He doesn't need our gold, but we need to give it. Because gold signifies for us the object of our desires, all that we treasure. And we need to give him this, everything. It is all yours, Lord. All that I have belongs first to you. He doesn't need the gift, but we need to give it because it's the only way that these treasures don't get between us. It's not my gold, it's yours. Or at the very least, it's ours, Lord, but yours first. And this is because love shares all things in common. So we offer Christ our treasure because he is our true treasure. And the second gift Because we have more to give than just our gold, the things we possess, there is a second gift, frankincense, an incense used in worship. With this second gift, we offer God something greater than gold. We offer God our will. So this is the essence of worship. At the heart of worship is devotion, the act of devotion, the gift of our will to God. I will serve you. Lord. And this begins with prayer every day, every morning when you wake up, you get out of bed, kneel down, kiss the floor, thank God for another day of your life and offer him your life, your will again. Ask him to use your hands to serve him, to serve him present in the people around you in need and your loved ones. Ask him to guide you with his providence, to govern your heart and to provide for your every need. When we do this every day, every morning, we offer our Lord this gift of frankincense, the gift of worship, of prayer and service. It's a gift of our will to God. And we offer it because he is our king and we are his beloved subjects. And then there is a third gift that the Magi bring. And this is perhaps the most mysterious gift, the gift of myrrh. Myrrh is a perfume used with oil to anoint a corpse. I mean, can you imagine receiving that for Christmas? Uh, you know, corpse perfume? You know, thanks, you shouldn't have. You know, it's, uh... We give myrrh because the Son of God, this child, is not just our creator. He is not just our king. He is our savior. He gave up his life for us. He died to save us. We must honor his death. We must honor the love that led to his death. And so we give him our myrrh. What is our myrrh? It's the one thing that can give a sweet scent to death. To offer our death out of love for Jesus. It's the last thing we can give our Lord. Our very death. You know, everyone dies, it can't be avoided, but we can offer our death to Jesus. We can die with him. We can lay down our life out of love for him. We give him our myrrh each and every day. Jesus, my life is yours. 
You laid it down for me. I lay it down for you. Whenever my time comes, whenever you wish to take this last gift of mine, I offer you my last breath. I breathe it for you so that, you, so that I might die with you and live with you forever. And so on this epiphany, today we listen to the stars. The stars tell us that God has come to dwell with us. The heavens invite us to find our Creator, our King, and our Savior, to come and adore Him. And so we come, like the three wise men, and we come bearing gifts. He is our Creator, and so we offer Him our gold, our treasure. He is our King, and so we offer Him frankincense, our will and our worship. And he is our savior, and so we offer him myrrh, our death. And of course, Jesus doesn't need any of these things. He's the son of God. But when we give him gifts, the most amazing thing happens. Because the moment the gold leaves your hands, his treasure begins to fill your soul. The moment we burn our frankincense, he gives us the fire of his spirit. And the moment we lay down our life for his sake, he gives us life eternal. So do not be afraid to give him all that you are, because you have nothing to lose. Everything you give brings you closer to him. And when you are close to him, everything he has is yours.